0: You deserve it, and you know what else? You're welcome.
1: Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold.
0: So. You're doing the stand-up behind your parents' back. Your Uh brothers know. You land evening at the Apollo. Um, That was 97, right? Yeah. And that's what I meant. I'm sorry for... No, it's fine. It's fine. And your brother calls you after you do evening at the Apollo and says, Mom saw you on evening. And you're like, what the fuck? She goes to bed at 10 o'clock. No, how the fuck did this happen, right?
1: Yeah. Well, he's, his, his quote was, Ma saw you on TV. Well, I, I immediately, I thought he told her. Right. But, but back then there was not that you know, they didn't announce that, Hey, you're going to be on TV. Right. They just Play it. And you're just like, Oh shit, I'm on, I'm on tonight. You know? And so my mother normally the Apollo come, came on at 1.00 AM.
0: Who went, can I just ask you yeah. who was hosting?
1: I can't remember who was hosting.
0: Do you so remember I, Rick Avilis or no? Yeah, yeah, I remember Rick Avilas. He's he a, nice so, yeah. yeah, he, a nice he guy. Yeah, he died of AIDS. He was great. Yeah. Okay. And then so it was just a host. And you, how did you get on? Like, can you explain to everyone how you get on Evening at the Apollo, which, by the um, way, I watched every... The, 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 the guy,
1: yeah. Chuck Sutton, you know Chuck Sutton?
0: Yeah.
1: He saw me at the, doing comedy kind of at different clubs and he came to me he say, hey, we want you. On the show, there's another story. I, 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 the week before I did Showtime at the Apollo, right, where Steve Harvey was hosting, right, and um, I didn't do well. <laughs> I bombed.
0: Right? You got booed off the stage. Booed off. Booted did you off. touch I, the thing? I, I, I could
1: tell you the story if you want. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Does so? I, I, I was so. As you know, the Apollo is one of the most scariest stages. Yeah, yeah, I know. So um I I I come out and and then I just had this funny idea like if I if I get booed I'm just going to moan the audience so they don't they don't air it right it was right. a show and then I told Steve Harvey that right mm-hmm. Steve Harvey looked me, looked me right in my face and say hey that's a good idea I'm like oh okay I maybe I'll do it right I come out, my very first, one of my very first jokes was no more ugly girls for me, because I'm ugly too, two wrongs don't make a right, right? That was my first joke. Um, so I come out, I said, what's up Apollo, what's going on? And, and someone was like, shut up. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna get right to my jokes. <laughs> right, I go, no more ugly girls for me. And someone in the front go, cause you ugly too. And I go, that's right. I'm ugly. It took it took all the
0: all energy. the everything away from. I'm like, I'm ugly
1: too, two wrongs. I'm like, I said it was so like without right, you were
0: defeated. He burst your bubble.
1: Yeah. yeah, he burst my bubble. And then the joke just flopped. And then someone goes. Boo! This one person went, boo! And the other, and someone else, it looked like he said, that's a good idea, boo! So like four or five people booing oh, me. Fuck. I go, hey, yeah, anyway, who's booing? Look at you, right? And then the whole crowd started booing, right? I go, oh, I gotta get it, I got it. it's time. It's moon time, right? I start undoing my pants, but my pants got stuck. And, and then I just, I remember I turned around and just pulled my pants down. The booze came out much harder. My my butt shakes was vibrating like like uh, speakers, you know the speakers. <laughs> yeah, speakers. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and and the booze is coming harder. And I walked off stage, my pants barely on. And then I got to the end, and Steve Harvey goes, Why did you do that for?
0: Oh, uh, what? What the fuck?
1: Dude, you told me I was jo- and he went out there. And I just remember I got the lady of the producer of the show, bam, and she said, Why would you do that to my my on my show? You will you will you will not be we will never be allowed to come back. And I was like, I hope they don't air it. I, like, I didn't care about that. I'm like, does, are, does this mean not gonna air yeah. it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how pissed at you were you at Steve Harvey? I
1: was pretty pissed yeah. out for a long time. Like, you yeah. know, he yeah. He, okay. he
0: all yeah. right, because that would piss me the fuck off. Yeah, I-, I And it's I, like gaslighting.
1: It's so <laughs> gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Chuck said, hey, we got this show called Eating at the Apollo. It's a different than just Showtime at the Apollo. And we would we would love for you to do it. I go, dude, were you, did uh, didn't you get the memo? Like, <laughs> yeah. did you see my set? He said, oh no, don't worry about that. There's a different show. I'm like, I, and my mom thinking, the same crowd gonna right. be there. They right. gonna remember me. And he goes, no, it's not that type of show. I promise you, you're gonna have a good time. Please consider it, we love you. We are we, a fan of your comedy. All right, All right. <laughs> this is a week later. And so I come out.
0: You must've been so fucking scared and like oh, had PTSD, right? Oh man,
1: yeah, yeah. So I come out and I start doing my job. I said, no more ugly girls for me. And then I start doing my jokes and uh, the, the voice of God, he goes, Will, Will, Wes, and oh, by, by the way, I'm killing, I'm killing, right, right? right? And the voice of God, not as, I'm killing, but not like, I'll explain. He comes on and said, Will, we're so sorry. We forgot to hit record.
0: What? Can you please? <laughs> oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, I'm like, but they heard the jokes.
1: Right. You think know, I, I, I got, a, you got, you got another 20 minutes? Right. Mind you, it was like two or three jokes I only, I only said, right. but it's like it's much but it's still set, it's I'm, yeah. I'm there for your set on TV. So what saved me was I told the crowd, hey, listen, man, they bugging out. Look, I'm gonna go out, but you guys gonna have to pretend you did not hear these jokes. Right. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out, come back, act like you didn't hear nothing. And that made them laugh. Even yeah. More.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I came out and even the same way I go, what's up Apollo? I, I said it the same way when I came out, they laughed at that because they knew what was happening. Right. And then I did the first joke
0: killed. And then, and then it was on from there and then I,
1: and it was a great set.
0: Right. And then your brother, how soon after does your brother call you?
1: So the show aired, I think, a week later.
0: Okay. And then my my brother
1: called me like that. And Sunday. did
0: you call your brothers and say I just fucking killed on the show? No. So you're no. holding all this in. Yeah. Knowing, I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, now, but you gotta say I just got booed a week ago. Right. 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't want anybody to know. Right. You know. And so I you know. I thought and I was. I wasn't sure the same is going to happen on, on on this show. Right. And so Sunday Sunday morning come, uh, my brother yo. Mom saw you on TV. Like, what would you tell her? I ain't tell her. Uh, I answer what she said. You see when you get here. So I go to the house. Are My you mother,
0: freaking out? I'm, you I'm are freaking you up? Are you freaking out? Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm probably more nervous than I was uh, on the Apollo. Okay. <laughs> and, and it was at the time when we had the, the, the bees on the living room door. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She, she had like maybe five of her <laughs> friends in the living room. You know, sitting on the furniture with the plastic on it. I'm sure you also know about that. <laughs> every comic's talking yeah. about their lifestyle. And, but that, you know, we that, that was my house. And I walk in and they were all talking and laughing. Talking. And I opened the beach to go in and then they all stopped talking. And they looked at me and one lady go, is that the one that was on the TV? And then my mother said, yes. They all started laughing and, and I'm like, "Oh, that's how you get accepted in the Haitian right, house. Right. you gotta be on TV because in their eyes it's success like right so, w- when are you going to have your pri- private jet right, right you have a boat I'm like, no, there's no boat, there's no jet, there's nothing I'm, just, I'm here and i'm I'm back here in East New York right.
0: and your mother kind of said you were the favorite
1: yeah she 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 said that. But Come
0: you know,
1: on, that's like, fucking great. I, yeah, it made me blush and all that.
0: Yeah. So here you are. You're starting, you're, you're doing your career. You're not, you're on stage, but you're not talking about being Haitian. You're, yeah. uh, you don't do that. You were a big fan of Robin Harris that, yeah. uh, and you would listen to his CD every day for like a year. Um, no lie, a
1: year straight every day. Also, I, I was also understanding my experience of being in the club and listening to his set. Right. I, I just imagined me seeing the audience, sitting in, the, in his audience and then just, it was just incredible.
0: And you also, as a child, loved Rodney Dangerfield because he talked about the way he looked and you felt yeah. like you were He was ugly,
1: the person yeah. that I know that talked about himself right. and ag- accepted his ugliness, accepted right. his flaws, accepted that he wasn't perfect. And, and was also proud to talk about it. And right. I was like, you know, wow. It was almost like the same reason why people gravitated towards Spider-Man. I'm not sure, you know, you're a Spider-Man right. fan. But he was a nerd. He was, you right. know, uh corky. He was like, you know, wearing glasses and he got bullied. He got picked on. He didn't never got the girl. And that's why kids loved him. And then he got these powers,
0: you know. I just have to say, you are so handsome. Okay. Now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You're just the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in 1998. Your mom dies. Yeah. Suddenly. Right. It was a, no, she had a, yeah. Well, she got a, a stroke in yeah.
1: September 97. And then, um, and this is, this is how I learned about, this is when I, I got, it was a wake up call of uh, the health sy- care system in the, in the United States they, I used to think doctors truly care or hospitals truly cared about people. They don't care about people at all. They just, it's all about a money thing. So when my mother got sick, she, she, um, this rare thing when she got bit by a mosquito and her neck swelled, out, swelled up and she, she, she made a, it gave her a stroke, right? So she went to the hospital and um, we was there. It was like, we know what's going to happen. The doctor said, well, she's still alive, but, but she can't stay here. The doctor asked us about the money. Hi, does she have insurance? No. Does she have anything? No. And then the next sentence was, she can't stay here. I'm not exaggerating. As soon as we said, we well, didn't have any money and no insurance. whether well, she can't stay here, we have to get out of here. You got to find a place to put her. She cannot stay here, right? And so me and my brother's like, oh, man, what are we going to do? Right, we never made a connection. It was not having money was why she can't stay here. Right. Next day, we, do, we did some research. We looked at my mother's records, and we found out through one of her credit cards, she had insurance. Well, you know how, like, you pay whatever, and then they yeah. do, she had, like, she had insurance. And I think it was like a million dollars or something. Right. Um, and so we came back to the hospital. The same doctor, we say, hey, um, can you advise us some hospitals to take our mother to? And and. and and we have some, money. we have insurance papers that, that's going to take care of her. Right. And the doctor goes, oh, you have insurance? He looked at it and he goes, oh, she can't leave. You, can't, you, you Are know, you fucking kidding me? Exaggerating A, not one bit. She can't Fuck. leave. If you, If she leaves here, you risk her, you know, dying from the coma and me and my brothers, we look. We just wanted the best. We didn't. We not We just listening to what this guy saying. The same doctor. So we go, okay. So people, and we were kind of relieved that she didn't have to leave. And right, you know, and he goes, she can't leave. You could. She got to stay here. So from September up until April, the money ran, runs out. Same. And doctor. she's
0: still <laughs> in the hospital.
1: Hospital in the coma. The doctor so sort of comes- she
0: wait so she's completely incapacitated. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The doctor comes out,
1: right, and he goes, "You can't. She can't stay here." And then we go, well, "Oh yeah, you got put in a home. She's been here long enough." Couldn't find out is because the money was running out.
0: Same doctor. Same doctor. We so we took home- all her money.
1: Yeah, money runs out. We found a home to put her in. And then me and my brother just made a decision. Like it's like you know, like because they said that her brain was, you know, she, she, most ninety percent brain dead. Right. So it's like even if she comes out, she's not gonna not be, gonna
0: be functioning. Right.
1: So me and my brothers, we all had a meeting. It was like, you know, if this was me, I wouldn't just let me right. go. Like what, what I'm gonna do in this state, you know? And so we decided to just, you know, just let her go. And I think like a. Three days later, she passed after the, we pulled the plug.
0: You know, such a fucking horrible story. My father also he had a he was swimming, he had a heart attack, but then he was put on life support, and and a, and we had to get like five doctors to agree that he had no brain function or that he would never before we could unplug him. And one doctor, the brain doctor was like, well, there's a little activity. And we were like, but there's, he's never gonna be, you know, and that's why DNRs are so important. But our health I'm sorry, what's DNR? Oh, do not resuscitate. Like write it down. Like if I'm in this condition, do not resuscitate. But it's like, that is such a fucking sad story that happens now. It happens fucking now. It's not right. We're in like the richest country in the world. It's, oh, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. Hey, everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30 day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but fast growing trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Here you are. I, at that same time, because I know you, you became depressed and stopped taking care of yourself. Was was the, and there was a girl involved, or you had like a perfect storm of shit happen to you?
1: Oh yeah, I think at times a, a girl, this girl she broke Well, she was cheating on me and.
0: But Fuck fun. her. I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of her. Where is she now? Uh,
1: yeah, um, she's doing well. She's fine.
0: You know, she's a fucking bitch. Go. No, ahead.
1: she's cool. No cool. one
0: cheats on my will. Go. She's
1: fine. Um, and then um, you know, my career was not where it wanted to be. And, and I was just sad. And I I remember I just let myself go. I let my hair grow and I got I became overweight. I I I had I got I used to be average 150, 155, and I got all the way up to 220 pounds. Wow. And um, yeah, I was a a mess.
0: So when do you move out? I know Patrice O'Neill was your roommate. Was Mm -hmm. he your first roommate when you left? No, 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 no.
1: I went through a series of maybe uh, seven other roommates before Patrice. Wow. And, And all seven, just about all seven, uh, Mess me over.
0: No fucking way.
1: Either didn't pay the rent, um, would let leave unsettling un, un, without any announcement. Right. Um, one, you know, was very dirty. Wouldn't clean up after themselves. Like yeah. I and, and so it made me not like roommates after after the fourth roommate. Fit. I can't become mm-hmm. friends because it's, it's hard to be friends. And in terms oh, of- no,
0: you can't after someone fucking treats you like that. No, I'm talking about like future yeah.
1: roommates. I it's um, like-
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, You're like, like, I'm not going to be friends with be you. A business
1: yeah. It's like being a teacher and being right. a friend to your student or being a parent and, and being a, a friend, friend to your, your 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 kid. Boundaries, you, know, you need boundaries. How do you, how you do that balance of, I want to be their friend, but at the same time, I'm too friendly, I can't be forced right. You know?
0: That's what Elisa says to me all the time, my yeah. girlfriend. She's like, Judy, <laughs> stop being friends with everyone. I'm like, fuck you. I'm a comic.
1: <laughs> and so um, along come Patrice O'Neal. And uh, and I'm thinking, oh man, you know, so I, I just where
0: was he in his career at this point?
1: He was doing good. He was yeah. he was he was living with Keith, but what the way yeah. Keith Robinson, but where he lived, he had to take like a bus a train, and another train to get to the city. So he, he would take him like two, three hours to get to the right. city. Whereas I lived right by the city, one, two stops, in the, and he was in Manhattan. Okay. Right? And so one night, it, it was too late for him to go home, and I had a spare, I was living in a four-bedroom apartment, and, I, and, and but we only had three roommates, and right. I see hey, a spare bedroom, if you want to crash, spend the night, you're welcome to stay there. And I just remember Patrice loved it. He was like, yo. He loved how big it was. Right. With Hammond Keith, he said it was a sheet of cover, a cover. That's a cover. A blanket? A blanket. Blanket. Okay. Separating Hammond Keith.
0: Oh, my God.
1: It was three of them in this one bedroom place. <laughs> oh
0: God, that's fucking hilarious. Okay, and it was small and and there was no privacy.
1: Right. And I remember coming to my place. It was like, yo, I got my own room. Bad. Yeah, I got my own room. I'm close to the city. Right. You know, I, You know, and, and and the way the, the way the rooms were situated, you didn't you didn't have to see anybody because it was like. The kitchen, it was here. And, you know, right. and you could go to the kitchen without seeing anybody and go back to your room. You know, it's two bathrooms. So,
0: he, so you become roommates. Yeah. And he kind of blows up. Not, he blow, yeah, he yeah.
1: blows, yeah. Not, I, I mean, was,
0: physically and, you know. No, but he he became really successful.
1: But this is what I loved about my roommate. Yeah. From the beginning, he paid his rent on time. He cleaned up after himself. He was very clean. That's another thing about it. Because, you know, you think yeah. he's the big guy. Right. He, you know. He's, he now,
0: he always smells good.
1: He always smells good. Patrice yeah. was very about, you know.
0: Like, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And 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 then paying his bills. And he was always on time with his shows. And, like, he taught me about being on. Because I was always late for my shows. Right. Always, and would and blame, you know, would blame all traffic. And then he made me realize, like, what the hell are you doing? Right. You know, and then I, you know. So, yeah, he was very... Yeah, he
0: always looked nice. He smelled great. He, yeah, he had a lot He had a lot of self-respect. So was this, I think, yeah, this was before Patrice died. You had started the Shortcuts Film Festival, correct?
1: Yeah, no, this before Patrice died, yeah. I, yeah, I started the Shortcuts Film Festival in 2006.
0: Right. You did it, I read, to sort of give people of color and other uh, minorities a chance to show their art.
1: Yeah, right? so the, the purpose was really, is like, stop waiting for Hollywood to come knock on right. the door, number one. Number two, they're not gonna come knocking. And number three is like, why put your story in their hands? Because they, t- like, they tend to take the story, oh, we're gonna move this one, we're gonna do like yeah, this Yeah, they
0: fuck story like the story yeah. up, yeah. right. Like,
1: tell your own story, get your own camera crew, and shoot it yourself. You know, um there was this lady named Damona Resnick. She used to work at NBC. And um I auditioned for something for her. I brought Wait, something. Demona
0: Resnick, so she's Jewish? Okay, go ahead. That's the Jew Bell. Okay. <laughs>
1: Is that the Jew Bell?
0: Yes. <laughs> there are sometimes I have people on and I'm just like this the whole fucking time. <laughs> okay.
1: So Domona like her and I somehow we became friends and kept in touch, right? Right. And um by the way, she's half Jewish, half black. So
0: Okay, that is half the half best one. combination. I'll <laughs> do a half of one. Okay.
1: <laughs> so one day she called me up and she said, What are you doing? I said, I'm working on my film festival. She said, You have a film festival? Now let me tell you a little bit before. For many years since 99, I tried to put this film festival together and then many years people was like, I was asking people, how can I do it? And they was like, it's not going to work because you need, you need money, you need um, um, sponsors. And right. sponsors are not going to give you the money because they need to see the film. Right. And the filmmakers are not going to give you their film until they see the sponsors. Right. And so I was like, so how can I can't, how well, how, do, how this? Do, you do it? How did these filmmakers do it? And so for many years, and then one day, someone told me one of the best things I ever heard. He goes, why are you taking advice from people that never had a film festival? I'm like, oh shit, just put it together and it'll figure itself out. So I started putting, you know, doing the logo, um, writing what it's about. And so Demona says, so you got a film pencil? I said, yeah. She said, tell me about it. I said, well, it's still to get people of color in the industry, whether it's behind or in front of the camera. And, and it's for them to tell their stories in a short film and we showcase it, we had the industry come out. Because a lot of times the industry will watch these films in their cubicle right. and make a judgment. But the goal was to have them watch in front of real people to see what they like and not you judging it. And Demona was like, I think NBC might want to work with you. I'm like,
0: what?
1: Okay? <laughs> and then that's how we started. And April two thousand and six, we launched shortcuts Film Festival. It was called Comedy Shortcuts. right. It was
0: all about comedy, right?
1: Um and I remember the uh, um, mark, I forgot mark Mark Hirschfeld.
0: Yeah, Mark Hirschfeld. yes. Hirschfeld, yeah.
1: He told me he had, he said, will are there enough films from people of color to have a festival? I said, are you crazy? You're just not looking for them, they're out there. So we launched in April, right? And all the films was coming to my house. You had to mail them to my house. No films in April, no films in May, no films in June. The the, the deadline was July. And I started getting nervous. And I spoke to this guy who ran the film festival uh, Mark, I forgot his last name, and he told me, don't worry, filmmakers are notoriously late. They love to wait the last minute because they, they're perfectionists and they they keep editing. Right. And they the last two weeks, the films start coming in. It was like 10 How films. Many? No in way. In two weeks, we got 600 films. No
0: like, way!
1: I got so much mail, the mail lady, the mail person kept leaving a note too much mail, you had to come pick it up yourself. So I, every day I would come home with a bags and bags of film. And you know it was VHS at the time and some DVDs. And I would go through all of them and watch them. And, and it would, I, I remember it was, I was like, whoa, I was so relieved. And we had, a, we had a film festival. I mean, I think D.L. Hughley hosted the
0: first year. I love him! Yeah, D.L. Hughley. is fucking smart. That guy is yeah. fucking smart. That is awesome. And does it still, or has it morphed? It's morphed into not into dying. You, by the way, have written nine films?
1: Yes, nine films with with, uh, my partner Brian Brian
0: Kennedy. How did you meet Brian Kennedy?
1: He used to work at Caroline's.
0: That's right. I love Brian Kennedy. Yes.
1: And um, one day we were just talking about a sketch. And then he gave me an idea for it, and then we just started writing a bunch of sketches together. And oh my then, um, god,
0: that's so funny! Because I was reading about the work that you do together, and I'm like, I know Brian Kennedy. How do I know Brian Kennedy? Yeah. and it's Brian Kennedy. Oh, will you tell him yeah. I said hi? I'll tell him. Yeah, I, I love tell him. <laughs> um, so you and and only three of the films you've written are comedic. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah just yeah, look. If you think about our jokes, our jokes come from a dramatic place right, that we right. just make pain, funny
0: and pain and, and yeah pain.
1: yeah it's yeah all drama whether it's, yeah and we just make it funny so initially is drama that makes sense so when yeah. people ask me why they're not why they we're not more comedy is because it's not always like it comes from a painful place sometimes right
0: and then you your know? storytelling it's about storytelling yeah. And you've done a lot of TV writing, correct? Uh, yes. I think you've written for Chappelle. You've written... The, the, all right,
1: this is the deal with the Chappelle show. So Chappelle saw me at Caroline, I, 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 the comedy seller. Right. And he, said, or he says, yo, I heard you write sketches. I said, yeah, I yeah. I write. He said, you should submit some things for the Chappelle show. This is a January, right? Right. And um, I go, yeah, hell yeah. So I got on the phone with Brian, I think, and Chappelle told me at the time, they're paying 5000 for it. They like the sketch as a whole. And we just like the idea. We'll give you $2,500. i am like, hell yeah. That's good. I believe we submitted 10 sketches out of the 10. Chappelle liked eight of them. Right? Eight. I think six of them he liked as is. And the other two, he liked the idea. Right. I'm just doing the math in my head. It's like, I'm out of the projects. Right. <laughs> And so this is a February now, right? And he goes, Yo, we like the sketches. My lawyer gonna hit you up and blah, 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 and work out the contracts. And I think a half hour later, his lawyer called me up and she says, Hey, I just emailed you the contract, read it over, and fax it back. I and while I'm talking to her, I go, hey, I'm faxing fax. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm faxing back right now. You see it? She says, like, oh, oh, okay, thank you. And so this is middle of February. And I'm just waiting. I'm in the dark. I'm waiting, nothing from nobody. Then come March, I said, how do, how do I ask? You know, oh, I know I'll do. I'll, I'll call and, and see if they need any more sketches. Cause I was really like, yo, where's my money? Right. So I just call, and say, hey, um, you guys need any more any more um, sketches? And sh- the lady goes, um, no, hold off on them right now. Dave is on vacation. Oh no. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. This was the long vacation, wasn't it? You know,
1: this is a yeah. Oh boy. And so I go, okay, cool. And so I say, yeah, but they was on vacation. Oh, you know. And then Back. yeah.
0: That is such a Judy Gold story. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, you've done a lot of amazing stuff. You wrote a film called I Am Maurice, uh, which was your father's name. And it is about a Haitian immigrant who comes to America for a better life, becomes homeless and starts boxing. Well, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I watched the trailer. He,
1: he comes to America to pursue his boxing career.
0: Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. So I, right. I know I, I watched the trailer, which is so beautifully done. Thank you. And, and so engaging. But it, you can't tell. I mean, you see that he's homeless and that he takes all his winnings or his winnings, all his um, yeah. all these pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters and dollars mm-hmm. And brings
1: it for training lessons
0: to brings it and brings it to a trainer. He just empties, empties it out. And you now you had to do, you have a lot of people on board with this, correct? Like a lot of support.
1: Oh yeah. 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 We we, we did a Kickstarter campaign and so many people, you know, helped us raise $104,000. It's fucking
0: amazing.
1: The goal was $101,000. And the reason why is, um, Um, one hundred and one thousand dollars because you know the Statue of Liberty.
0: No, I've never heard of it. Yes,
1: (laughs) Statue of Liberty was given to America by the French, by the French, but they never. uh Well,
0: I thought it was for a dollar. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah.
1: But whatever they gave it to to America, but they gave it without a stand to stand on. So I think the governor or the mayor of New York. I think the governor of New York. Decided to do the first ever crowdfunding to raise money for the stand, and so okay. the Statue is a place where immigrants come to to become, you know, to come to the United States. Right,
0: Ellis Island, which yeah, is Island. actually cool. technically in New Jersey, F Y yeah. and I, where I'm from. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so they, New York City, was 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 able to raise one hundred and one thousand dollars. For the Oh,
0: statute. okay, got you. Our
1: goal was 101,000. You know, immigrants coming to this country and want to be part of the American dream. The goal is to raise 700,000. So now we have 600,000 more to go. Um,
0: you you were gonna do a GoFundMe, right?
1: Yeah, we were. GoFundMe <laughs> is Which weird the way.
0: I call GoFundMe "Go fuck yourself." Okay. <laughs> Cause some of the shit on GoFundMe, it's like really. You know what? I have fucking problems too, and I'm not yeah. asking other people to fucking pay for them. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Oh man, a lot of scams on GoFundMe. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to, like, on my website, you go to dot com. You see the movies, and they, you could donate on um, to one of the.
0: But you like what I don't understand is you have all these people who are have signed on, and yet. Is it because you want to do it yourself? Because you still have that. Why? You know, the thing that started your your um, film festival, which is why give it to someone else to fuck up. Is yeah. that is that? is yes, the- I,
1: I, a passionate project. I want to do it myself. We, a bunch of other studios try to, try to want it to take it and change it. Or let's make them Brazilian. No, or let's do the MMA fighter instead of a boxer. Right. So it's like, I I don't I don't want to tell a story why. why. The thing is, when you let someone else tell your story, you and it does, story? Bad, yeah. it does bad, it fails twice. Right. You do it and it fails, at least you fail once. That right. makes sense. Patrice O'Neal yeah. told me that.
0: I love that
1: yeah, Patrice. so it's like I'd rather just do it myself, and if it does bad at least I know, but if it does well, uh, you know, because nothing the thing about Hollywood, when it does bad, oh, you messed up. Right when it does good. Oh, look, what, Elle, it, you look what, what I
0: did. I did. You look yeah. what I did. Yeah. Um, what, what have you done with the other nine films? is anything?: No, 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 has- no, this is our first film that we're trying to get
1: made, and then we and okay. we got, we got uh, eight more coming out.
0: And you're you still do the stand up, and you're still yeah. writing. Do you do different writing jobs, or? Oh yeah, or- whenever I can. I just did the Michael Shea show. Yeah. Um, that damn Michael
1: Shea show. Um, yeah, on
0: HBO. Yeah. And
1: I was on um, uh, The Flatbush Misdemeanors. Right. On Showtime.
0: I love that. Yeah. So you can build robots, write television shows, do stand up and write movies and run a film festival and you're an a fucking amazing boxer and you have the best body in the world so i'm gonna go with um your parents did a great job
1: thank you thank you jay gold
0: you're welcome all right now you know i love you more than anything i always ask my podcast guests two questions before we Mm -hmm. leave okay number one we're very pro mental health. I suffer from depression, anxiety, ADD, DDDD. D, D, D. What do you do for your mental health?
1: Um, I, I get into my thoughts and I try to organize my thoughts like that. you know, you clean up your 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 room and your, yeah. your space. It, sometimes they get all mangled, and I just I, I and I also try not to. This didn't lead to that. Like they independent, that makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes when one bad thing happened, then it's a, every bad, like it's like this is my life, every bad thing. No, they, they're independent from each other.
0: I love that because I am always like, oh my God, everything bad is happening. It's just never gonna end. Yeah, and you're so right, they're individual instances.
1: Yeah. Um, and so I try to know this happened and I and I analyze, okay, this this is why this happened. And this is why this happened, but they, there's no connection.
0: So you compartmentalize everything like you would in a robot where this is this function and this is this, and they're all independent of one another, but they are sort of part of a whole.
1: Right. And also I, 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 I use my friends as therapists without them knowing Right. So I'll call people up and I will just talk. You know, I'll, I'll say a problem. I won't say it's a problem that I have. I just say, it and then they'll talk about it, and then I get a different perspective. When when they know it's me, then they'll. I feel like they'll tell me a different idea right. versus just an idea. Hey, like no. Oh,
0: that's so good. So you get a completely objective. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. That's yeah. really you're very analytical. Like, don't you think? Your math, science, and physics completely feeds into your writing and comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, I
1: think that entire life in general is all about numbers. You know, you know, we're exerting x amount of force, right? Weight. Like it's like it's like timing,
0: timing when the you timing. start. You know, it's different for each audience when they how they laugh, how long they laugh, when yeah. you start the next job. Yeah.
1: Like Um, when a basketball player throws a basketball, he may not be good at math, but I guarantee he's good because he got to exert an X amount of force, the wind speed of the basketball and all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, my son plays basketball, baby. That's interesting. I really love that. You do now talk about being Haitian, which people, when you first started talking about it in your act, people were like, oh my God, that's what they really connected to, which I love that you talk about that now. I love how fucking smart you are. And when you hug, you have, you, a, you give the best hugs and B you can hug like other people can hug me from behind. And I'm like, Oh, who is that? I always know when it's you. I all <laughs> because those fucking arms are so fucking firm. Okay. The last question I always ask everyone. All right. So I call the podcast, kill me now. And you've known me forever. That I'm I'm constantly like, oh my God, kill me. Cause everything gets on my fucking yeah. nerves because I can't stand like incompetence. Yeah. So what is the one thing or things that piss you off so much and make you so fucking angry?
1: I would have to say racism. Yep. Racism is like, you know, I just never understood how you could hate a group of people. Like hating an individual is is one thing, because you know, a, a lot about this individual right life, but hating but putting that on a whole group of people and hating them you know let's say let's say the stereotype haitians wear dress uh, uh um tube socks with dress shoes let's say that's a thing
0: okay right? i you see know. plenty of straight men with that shit but go ahead yeah, yeah.
1: but what what so what? How is that affecting you? How's right. That, right. What, what is that doing to you that, that that you can't continue your life, your day? You know, um, so I, yeah, so, I,
0: I so get that because, you know, when I w- I've always been an activist and, you know, for equality. And and when we were fighting for marriage equality and these people and I was like, wait a minute, if I marry her. And we have two kids and we live in a house. Ha- how does that fucking affect you? Right. How does that affect your marriage and your kids? Like, how does that have any fucking thing to do with your life and how you lead your life? Go fuck yourself. And, that, you know, reading the book Cast as well, uh, which talks about the history of racism in this country, you know, before America. There was really no black people and white people. It was just people, you know, we did this shit.
1: Also, you know, when, speaking of which, when when I was young, right, I never understood why people hated gay people, right? Especially men, like, I'm like, dude, there's more vagina for us. (laughs) That was the thing I used to always say. Like, like, how's that, like, and, and, and then another thing was, this other thought was, them being gay is not gonna make you gay like yeah it has uh, nothing to do with you why are you so hateful on on these people when you should thank them thank you now i never got the girls right
0: (laughs) but you know what you can't thank the lesbians because you know we take (laughs) i mean i am i am the best cop blocker there is (laughs) yeah it's it's really sad this country but you know what you make me yeah, the world is very sad, but you make me so happy. I can't even tell you. Uh, I love you, love you so goes. much. You. I love you so much. Everyone go to Will's uh it's Willsylvance.com. Okay. Uh W I L. Well, you'll see it and the thing. And uh and on follow him on Twitter and Instagram, which I fucking hate that I have to do that shit, but <laughs> yeah. um, you're always at the cellar Yeah. Uh he is one of the lights in my life so he Uh, should be one of the lights in your lives you're You're the best i love you thank you you so much for doing this
1: thank you for having me on this was great this was Uh, great it's like a breath of fresh air just a yabba dabba do with you
0: that's right baby thank you so much for listening to part two of kill me now with my friend and lover will silvance i love him i love him don't you love him Anyway, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. Podcast is, I mean, it really exists with the help of Brittany Joe Sowards because I couldn't do it without her. I really couldn't. So thank you, Brittany. Uh, this weekend, Saturday, I am going to be at, in Florida, in Boca Raton, Florida, at the Meisner or Misner Center. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's either Meisner or Misner. It's called The Raz Room at Misner Park. It could be Meisner and it could be Misner because it's M-I-Z. You know, who the hell knows? So if you're in that area, come see me. I'm really funny and I love doing stand-up. Also, Hanukkah's coming up. So what are you going to buy? You're going to buy, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble for all of your relatives and friends who you need to buy gifts for because my book is really fucking good. So do it. It's a great gift. And the audiobook is great too, but get the book, you know, I'll sign it. I'll sign it for you. So come see me in Florida, buy my book, get vaxxed. If you're not vaxxed, there's something wrong with you. Get your booster vaxxed, wear a mask, be careful, go to judygold.com and check me out, bitches. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Judy Gold, J E W D Y G O L D. That's my name on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, be nice to each other. Because I don't know what the fuck's going on in this country, but it ain't good. You know what I'm saying? And take care of the environment, because this is fucking scary. We're in scary shit town. Anyway, if you're listening um, right now, you're still listening to the podcast, I love you more than anything in the whole world. Okay? Because I guarantee you, Maybe one person, maybe one, and it's someone like who loves me. I I have no idea who's listening to the end, but thank you for doing it. And as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long!